Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor in Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, this is week 23 of our Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and i got to tell you, Pastor, I'm so thankful for all those people that have been listening to us over this last half a year. It's fun getting together weekly with everybody, and I hope that they've had as much, half as much fun as we've had. Um, this week, we're going to get close, as we get close to the end of the year, really, it's a good time to hit the reset button. Some of us are quick to get angry. Some of us are grumpy, just as a general rule. Others, we've offended people in the process, and sometimes we can just uh, hold on to grudges as well. There's really lots that we hold on to that we just need to let go. The, what about that? Is there any way that we can kind of let go of those things as we come to the end of the year or any, any time in our life, Pastor Tom? Yeah, there's a lot we need to let go as we come to the end of the year, a lot we need to let go of. Um, and so we're going to talk today about forgiveness and how to make relationships right. This is a big topic that we need to work through as followers of Jesus because we all, I think, from time to time struggle with letting go of offenses and hurts. And, and some of us mm-hmm. have been hurt very seriously by uh, by people. And how do we forgive when we've been really hurt? So we're going to talk about that today. But but before we do, Trey, I got a question for you. Yeah, man. Let's so here we are in December of 2019. Uh, Stacy and I and our family, we moved here three years ago this month. And so we are now, I think, uh, officially low country people. Right? Okay. Well, welcome to the low country. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And so you've been here in the low country all of your life. Yes. As my daddy was as his daddy before him. So, so they came over on the Mayflower uh, and not settled. quite that early, but pretty close. <laughs> 16, so, 1682. No joke. Really? Yes. So you can trace it that far back. Yes. 1682. Well, how about that? Okay. Okay. So here's the question. Here's the question. <laughs> so, so here you are, a Charleston native, which in Charleston, we call Charleston native, natives what? Charlestonians. Charlestonians. That's what you are. You are Charlestonian. What is your favorite thing about Charleston? Because uh, you've lived here all, you, you don't want to go yeah. anywhere else. You've lived here all your life. So oh. what? You, there some, must be something here that keeps you here besides me and our church. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's the weather. No, right? it's really not the weather. No, I, I, I just love the, uh, always have loved the history of it. And as well as uh, there's just a lot of nice people here. I don't know how to explain it, but, uh, it's just a very congenial place to live. Yeah. And um, every time I go someplace else, I said, well, they, sh- they wouldn't say that in Charleston. Right, know, right, that, right. Thing. So, yeah. So it's a, just a wonderful place to live. And yeah, it familiarity is. Familiarity also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this question. Um, what do you like least about living in Charleston? It is the weather. Drives the weather? Drives us crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, you just, you know, they always say stay in Charleston and just, uh, don't worry about the weather because it's going to change. You yeah, know, you don't like it one day, the next day will be different, right? Yeah, it is an issue being, you know, like today is real warm. And then it's and supposed to be 29 degrees tonight. Yeah, it's, and then it's going yeah, to drop out the that's bottom. That's crazy, right? Exactly. It's supposed to be like 65, 70 degrees today, and tomorrow morning we're going to wake up 29 degrees. That's, Hur- that's terrible. And the hurricanes are rough. Yeah, they I, are I don't, rough I don't like messing with the hurricanes, but what do you do? Yeah, so, so for me, I think since we've lived for three years now, our favorite thing about Charleston, I mean, we love the history and all that, but just being on the coast, we really like living on the coast, going to the beach whenever mm-hmm. we want. I mean, just taking a drive down for a couple of hours, enjoying the coast. I mean, we really like that. I would say that the least favorite thing for me personally is the traffic. Uh, yeah. 
But what I hear is compared to Atlanta, right? Or nothing, I, mean, I, I guess so. But man, I came from a rural area, in my last church, and <laughs> you know, I could get to to the to, to the office in five minutes. Here, a, a ten mile drive some days <laughs> takes me forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, definitely, it's crazy. It's and people here drive crazy. Have you noticed that? Well, it's I not. I mean, what's up with people running red Charlestonians, lights? It's not Charlestonians. It's everybody else who moved here, like me, right? Well, not you necessarily, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, the, the reality is anywhere you live, whether it's in Charleston, Atlanta, we lived in New Orleans for a number of years, wherever you live, there's good and bad, mm-hmm. right? Yes, there is. And, and you just make the best of it. Well, right? you have to. You have to. Yeah. Uh, for us, there's there's some bad. We, we don't like the traffic. I mean, and honestly, in our area, there's some crime. We wish the crime rate was a little bit lower. I mean, so those kinds of issues, but we love the city. We love mm-hmm. Charleston. We love the beaches. So we take the good with, with the, the bad. bad. And what I've discovered over the course of my life, Trey, is it's the same thing with people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We take the good with the bad. Yeah, everybody's not Jesus. You that's know? a surprise, isn't it? Yeah, everybody. and Or everybody's not me. I guess, <laughs> there I guess you that's, go. that's really the issue, isn't it? <laughs> right? They're not like me, so They're I'm not, not like gonna, me. Yeah, they, yeah, don't yeah. Have, they don't have the same quirks I have. Or actually, if they had the quirks I had, I probably still wouldn't like them. So. Uh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, but that's the way it is with people. I mean, we take the good with the bad, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are, are things I'm sure that Trey, you, you, you like about me and there are probably some things you don't, you'd wish I wish I'd changed, but you we we're in a relationship. So we take the good with the bad, right? That's exactly right. And, and so, so if you're going to take the good with the bad, then I think if you're going to do that consistently, you must learn how to forgive wow. because the bad yeah. will make you upset real quick, won't it? Yeah, and it'll hold on to you and eat you up. Yeah, you know, that's so the worst part. Of if it. we're gonna be consistent and take the good with the bad, and and we've got to, then we must learn about forgiveness and how to do it. And then, like we said earlier, this is a big issue because a lot of us do struggle with it because we have been hurt by the bad of people, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody has said something to offend us or done something worse. And so what do we do when someone has hurt us? How do we how do we forgive someone in the way that Jesus has forgiven us? Well, I think there you know, the Bible is clear on ways we can do that and and I think we've got a good plan laid out here on seven steps to forgiveness. Yeah, let's and talk let, about it. Let's talk about some of those. Um, first of all, I think that uh, we need to surrender our right to be angry. That's exactly right. And that is in and of itself a huge challenge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Listen to the scripture, Trey. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Stop right there. If you've been crucified with Christ, what does that mean, Trey? It means you're dead. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Dead to what? Well, you're supposed to be dead to sin, dead to yourself. Dead to everything. Dead to your desires, dead to what you want, right? Mm -hmm. If you're crucified with Christ and raised with him, you are alive to live the life that he wants you to live, not that you want to live. Listen to what it says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So is the opposite of the flesh faith in the Son of God? I think I've so. often wondered that yeah. in that passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're not going to live by the flesh, we're going to live by faith, trusting mm-hmm. in the finished work of Christ in our lives. Now, now, here's what 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 I hear, right? And and I've probably said this myself over the years that when somebody has offended me, mm. when somebody's hurt me, and I want to get angry and hold on to that anger and lash out at them, I might say something like this, or maybe you've said something like this. Because of what they've done to me, I have the right to be angry oh, at them. Oh, boy. We, we feel like we have moral superiority yeah, all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, I have the right to be angry because of what was done, because of how they treated me, because of what they said. I have the right to be angry, but not if you're a Christian. Mm, no, you don't. All, the, all our rights are dead, are they not? That's exactly you know, right. That's what Paul's saying here. I've been crucified with Christ. 
I don't live anymore. My rights are gone. The only rights I have are the rights that Jesus has given me. And the rights that Jesus have, have given me, Jesus has given me the right to, to live like him, to forgive, to treat others in the way that I want to be treated. Those are the rights I now have, not the right to hold on to anger. And so for me, anger is that warning sign to me that I'm holding on to a right that I don't deserve. That's exactly right. You know, we said saying. the word right quite a bit there in the last couple of sentences. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that really is the first step to forgiveness. If you're going to be consistently forgiving people, you first have to give up your right to be angry. You mm-hmm. just don't have that right anymore. That's right. Um, well, there you go. Uh, Matthew 18 has a special word, I think. Um, it talks about forgiveness and how many times we're supposed to forgive. Yeah, so 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 Peter was questioning Jesus about how many times to forgive, and you know what the passage says. Um, Peter said in Matthew 18, verse 21, Lord, how often would my brother sin against me, and I forgive him, as many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Mm. Does that mean we need to count the number of times that we forgive somebody? No. You know, in, in the Bible, Trey, that number seven is significant. It's very it? significant. Why is that number symbol, seven significant? Symbol of perfection. Perfection, completion, mm-hmm. right? And so so I think probably what Jesus is telling Peter here, and, and the reason why Matthew uses the number seven, right, and the reason why, why Jesus says this is because, you know what? You forgive until it's complete. Mm-hmm. Till it's done. Yeah, keep on doing it. Don't give up. So it's an it's a, it's an ongoing process. Surrender your right to be angry, and you keep on working at it, right? And, and I would say if you did that 77 times, you'd probably be in a pretty good habit of doing it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So does that go against uh, the proverb that we've heard all our lives, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? So basically, if you mess me up one time— Was that in the Proverbs? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a worldly proverb. It's a worldly know? proverb. So you're you're not forgiveness. You're yeah. saying, well, they yeah. fool, they messed me up twice. It's over. Yeah, you know? that's not the way of a Christ follower, yeah. is it? All right. Well, number two is pray for humility and the ability to see the person who has offended you as Christ oh, sees them. Absolutely. Because he, here's here's what happens when we are offended or angry. You know, we 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 do begin to get that spiritual pride, and we I have the right to be angry or whatever the case may be. Man, in those times that you've been offended, you need that humility mm-hmm. to remind yourself, right, that there have been times that you've offended people in similar ways yourself, mm-hmm. that you're not perfect, that you've probably made some people mad yourself, right? And so so the humility to, to say, you know what, yes, I've been hurt, but I've probably hurt some people along the way as well, so I need to extend some grace, right? And and just kind of thinking through, um, um, how would Christ— view that person that offended you? How does Christ view that person that, that treated you poorly? Well, you know how Christ views that person. Mm-hmm. Christ views that person with grace and love, right? And the cross is proof. The cross is proof of that. Mm-hmm. And so so, so here's what's helpful for me. When, when someone has hurt me and I want to, to uh, you know, raise myself up and say, I'm better than you and I have the right to be angry, um, I have to remember that that, that person that hurt me Jesus wants the best for them, mm-hmm. and I should too. Exactly. Right? I mean, what we do is though we couch it in terms, I feel like, religious terms. And so, again, trying to get that moral superiority. Mm-hmm. And so we say, well, you know, uh, that was just not honoring to the Lord. And so we try to put it off on the Lord like somehow, you know, the Lord's, the Lord, you know, we say, oh, the Lord will have to deal with that. And we're really not dealing with it at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so if, Go ahead. I'm just saying, I mean, I think that this is just so critical that that person that hurt me, uh, the, the tendency when somebody hurts me is to not want the best for them. Mm-hmm. When somebody hurts me, what I typically want for them is 
revenge. Mm-hmm. I want them to get what they have coming to them, right? I don't want the best for them. I want them to experience justice or even stronger judgment for what they've done to me, right? Well, yeah, the Lord will take care of that. Lord will have to take care. You know how he might take care of it? Forgiveness. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Grace. I just got to leave that in the Lord's hands. Exactly. The Lord's going to deal with that person the way that he wants to. I'm not God, so I should not put myself in a position of God uh, to treat that person in a, in a, a way that, that God has not called me to treat that person, right? So, so I should want the best for that person, and the best for that person in that moment that they have hurt me is for them to uh, to come to a place where they're reconciled with God, reconciled with me, and they move on, right? So what, you should want the best for the person that hurt you. Exactly. I think Apostle Paul dealt with that, didn't he, in 2 Corinthians? Absolutely. Dealt with some of that. Absolutely. Uh, number three, ask God to develop the fruit of the Spirit within you. Yeah, because... Biblical forgiveness is not possible if you are walking in the flesh, right? So, so Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. He, he tells us what walking in the flesh looks like. He says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. I mean, just saying those words, right, Trey? Mm. Just, just speaking those words, I mean, they just sound harsh. Yeah, I know. Negative, and when you, when you read that, I, I could almost put normal Baptist uh, <laughs> business meetings. Right. You know? Yeah, I've been to some of those too. Uh, yeah, we, we all have. Yeah, Thank yeah, the Lord yeah. our church is not that way. That's I exactly do praise right. the Lord that's for exactly. that. But, but you know, that's, that's it. I mean, when we've been hurt, we have a tendency to walk in bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, slander. But Paul says, under the inspiration of the Spirit, put all that away. Mm. Right? Don't walk in the flesh. Because if you're walking in the flesh when someone hurts you, you're not going to be able to forgive them in the way that Christ has called you to forgive. And so what Paul says instead, now this is hard, right? Because what he says, instead of, you know, letting your heart be overtaken by bitterness and anger, instead, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You know, I, I, I always teach that really all we need to learn is what we learned in Sunday school as kids. Mm. And this is one of the first verses I memorized in Sunday yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife teaches it to her second graders. Yeah, yeah. And yet this is one of those verses that is just, it is uh, life transforming. It really is. It really is. It really is. And think about what Paul also says in Galatians chapter 5 where he actually gives us the fruit of the Spirit, mm. right? I, I, oh, I, I tell Luke this all the time. I tell Luke all the time because he gave his life to Jesus last year. Amen. We're constantly coming back to Galatians chapter five and talking about the fruit of the spirit there in, in, in five right? Yes. Uh, uh, that, that. that the fruit of the spirit in my son at nine years old, the fruit of the spirit is in him mm-hmm. that God has placed his spirit in him for Luke to live out these character traits. Mm-hmm. Luke has to decide, Trey, you have to decide. Mm-hmm. I yes. have to decide if I'm actually going to cooperate with the spirit's work. Mm-hmm. But, but what does he say? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Trey, I mean, if, if you and I are practicing the fruit of the Spirit on a daily basis, it's a lot easier to forgive people, isn't it? It is very easy then when you're, yeah. when you're in line with the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah, so just simply walking with Jesus on a daily basis helps you to have that humility mm-hmm. and helps you to see people in the way that God sees them and helps you to exercise that forgiveness mm-hmm. when it's necessary. Exactly. And so I think that leads us to number four, because when those things are working in you, it is much easier to forgive. So we seek forgiveness of past offenses quickly. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this several times on past episodes yes. of this podcast, haven't we? Just mm-hmm. the, the the need to take care of stuff as 
quickly as you can because if you don't take care of stuff, it festers and becomes worse. That's when the bitterness begins to take root and grows in you, right? So if someone has offended you, or on the flip side, if you know you've offended somebody, if you know that you've caused some hurt in a relationship, today is the day. And so right now, listening to this podcast, mm. there may be some of you who once you get done, finish, or once you finish listening to this podcast, that you might need to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. And call someone and say, hey, can we meet for coffee? I, I need to talk to you about something. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Do it. And even tell, like you said one time before, you don't have to leave them hanging. You just, you can actually say on the phone what you want to talk yeah, to them yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something know. happened last week, and, and we just need to get together. I, I need to confess some things yeah. to you, and I need you to forgive me. Of. So let's get together and do that. And, you know, we talk about a short account list with God, but really we need to take, keep a short account list with people, too. Exactly. We don't want them to have to remember from eight exactly. years ago and those kind exactly. of things. Exactly. I love what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He, he uh, talks about uh, this very issue in, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. If you are giving your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, right? In other words, you've done something, and you've caused your brother to have some anger against you because of the way that you've treated him. Listen to what the Bible says. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Now, now, Trey, remember, if you were going to go offer a sacrifice in first century Judaism, mm-hmm. where would you go? Go to the temple. Yeah. What if you lived in Galilee? You still went to the temple. How far away was Galilee from Jerusalem? Uh, a long way. <laughs> 25 <laughs> so, miles? About 60, 65 60 miles. miles. Okay. So if you're, if you're walking, that's not a short trip, is it? No, nope. that's three or four days journey. And so, so Jesus says, mm. this is amazing to me, right? That if you come to the temple, right? Mm-hmm. And you're offering your sacrifice and you remember that you hacked somebody off back in Galilee, <laughs> you better get back to Galilee, get up, start walking, <laughs> go take care of that. And then come back and offer your sacrifice. Wow. So Jesus was saying, take care of it quickly. Amen. Right. Amen. Uh, number five, we identify and confess specific sins that you have committed against the person you've wronged. Yeah, so just think about that, right? That that when you actually get to that point where you have that conversation with someone and you know you've caused the hurt, be specific about it. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, I messed up. Will you forgive me? Yeah. No, but I said this to you the other day, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and and I know that caused you some pain, and 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 I shouldn't have said it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And and what do I need to do to, to help us put our relationship back together, right? Being specific about what you did, I think, is just very crucial to the reconciliation process. I mean, when you think about our relationship with God, Trey, mm-hmm. and when we when we confess our sins to the Lord, it's the same idea, being exactly. specific. You know, God, here's what I've done. This is the sin I've committed. Forgive me again, right? Well, I think when we forget, when we sin, we sin specifically, don't we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly so right. So why is it an issue for yeah. us to say, yeah. you know, I did this? Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. And on the flip side, right, if if someone has hurt you, sitting down with that person and being specific with how they hurt you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is a good practice in any relationship in your marriage. If your husband does something that, that offends you, being able to sit down and, and, and just matter-of-factly saying, hey, the other night you did this and it really hurt me. We need to work through this together, right? I mean, just being specific about those hurts because unless you're specific, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can walk around mad all day long and that person, you know, who, who you're offended at may have no reason why you're mad. Exactly. So just be specific. Work on it. Exactly. Move on, right? All righty. Well, we are specific. And then number six, we seek God's help to put away the sin which has offended. Yeah. So you think about it, Trey. I mean, that's just the reality is that we want to forgive in the same way that Christ has forgiven Mm -hmm. us. That's a tall order. Mm -hmm. To forgive like Jesus, 
right? And so in order for us to do that, we need God's help. And so just when somebody's hurt you, taking that moment to say, hey, God, this is bothering me. Can you help me? Can you give me wisdom as to how to handle this situation? Can you give me some, uh, some, some, some encouragement to have that conversation? God, help me to be able to forgive. You need supernatural help for this to work, right? Right. And I, I, I often tell people, or when I say tell people, tell myself, I, I literally open my arms to the grace of God. Mm. I, I hold my arms open and yeah, say, Lord, yeah. I need your grace to get through yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Because I need his power and his, you know, what he has for me to be able to do that. That's exactly right. If I'm going to extend grace, I feel like I need his grace. Absolutely, that absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, it's all about God. It really. is, for sure, for sure. Um, Ephesians 4 talks about that a little bit, doesn't it? It, says, it sure does. Um, but um, that is not the way you learn Christ. It's Ephesians 4, mm-hmm. verses 20 through 22. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus Christ, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yeah, there you go. And to mm. put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, that the spirit of God lives inside of you mm-hmm. to renew your mind, mm-hmm. to put on characteristics, to put on qualities, to put on attitudes that reflect him. That, that's seeking God's help. God, I need you to help me daily to put on the new self so I can see how to handle this situation, so I can see how to show grace and mercy to this person who has hurt me, so I can know how to come clean myself. I need your help. Exactly. Renew my mind. And I would and I would say to people that uh, this is where God's going to have to give you wisdom too. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes you're not the whole problem. That's right. But you still need to deal with your 20%, you know, oh, regardless. And if they absolutely. don't deal with the 80%, that's their issue between them and the Lord. Again, that's where you extend graciousness yeah, yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. And number, number seven, once sins have been confessed and forgiven, do not dwell on past sins. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you think about um, what God says to his people in Jeremiah 31, 34. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. Now listen to this. For I will forgive their iniquity, mm. and I will remember their sin no, no more. more. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? And, 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 the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews thirteen six, he comes back and he quotes this very verse in, in the New Testament, right? I will remember their iniquity no more. Hey, let me ask you a theological question. Sure, Trey. go, man. How much does God forget? He really forgets nothing. <laughs> right? If God forgot something, who would he cease to be? God. Right. God, he is infinite. He is infinite in knowledge, infinite in wisdom. There is nothing that gets past God. And, and I guarantee you, Trey, uh, that, that those sins you committed years ago, mm-hmm. God still remembers. Mm-hmm. Right? But he chooses to. But he chooses to treat you as if he does not remember. Wow. That's huge, isn't it? Because yes. because you and I sometimes in the heat of anger will say to somebody, I forgive you, but I'll never forget what you've done to me. And I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, so, that's I mean, not forgiveness, is, that, is it? Yeah, I, you know, but every I have actually heard people, I want to say counselors that are preaching from a pulpit yeah, yeah. say, you know, you can forgive, but you don't have to forget. Yeah, which is just not true. I mean, you can't forget. I mean, like God, so, uh, so, God does not forget some, the, the sins we've committed. And, and for those of us who've been hurt, mm-hmm. I mean, those, those you know, hurts, they, they, they don't necessarily just all go away when somebody seeks your forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? And, and you remember those hurts for years. I mean, it's not like it all goes away. Uh, but what Jesus is reminding us of in the New Testament, what, what the prophet was reminding us of in the book of Jeremiah is that 
though God does not forget what you've done, he treats you as if it never happened. And if you're going to walk in true forgiveness, right, Mm -hmm. you might not forget what happened to you, but walking in true forgiveness is treating that person as if it never happened. Wow. That's forgiveness. That's That's what God has called us to. That is difficult. That is challenging, but that's also freeing. It is not hypocrisy to treat someone that way, even though you don't feel like it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I it's think hard. People say, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite about it. Well, that's not hypocrisy. It's yeah. never hypocrisy to be obedient to yeah, Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obedient to his ways. And we're not saying, I mean, we've in, in 25 minutes gone through seven steps of forgiveness. And mm. and not for a moment do we want to say this is an, an easy process. Just do these things. Man, things are going to work out magically. This is tough. This mm-hmm. is tough to do these seven things that we talked about today. This is tough to walk through the process of forgiveness. But at the same time, if you would just think through these seven steps and begin the process of, of working through some of those hurts and, and dealing with you know those hurts that have been caused to you and, and seeking forgiveness or granting forgiveness, you'll be amazed at what God does. But you've got to do it the way that God wants you to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, I forgive you, but I'll never forget it. Or you, and you can't just say, I've got a right to be angry. No, you've got to do it God's way. You know, I was uh, there's a issue that came up recently in Charleston concerning uh, a church situation, and um, you know, basically the parents said to this man that it hurt them. I, you know, we can't ever get over this. We will never forgive this. Uh, it's caused us to lose our faith. Yeah. I mean, all those words yeah. came up, yeah. and so you know, I don't want to belittle what some horrors that yeah, people go through. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, by saying that they need to forgive, but yeah. then we go to the Charleston nine that were killed yeah, yeah. and those parents and those friends and the family saying to the man that murdered their friends, yeah. I forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, a catharsis. Yeah. I mean, my heavens, what yeah. an impact that made, not just in their lives, but the lives of those who heard it Absolutely. all over the, all over the nation and all over the world. Ab- so. And we're not saying that any of this is necessarily easy. Mm. We're saying that the spirit of God is there to help us exactly. in those areas that aren't easy. And it's for our benefits, for our good. For our good, Ultimately, for his glory. Yes. And man, what a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ when you're able to forgive like Jesus forgave you. Well, Pastor Tommy, we've done a, a lot here today, but uh, why don't you close us out and just kind of give somebody that's maybe searching for forgiveness yeah. or help with this right now, uh, help them through that right now. Yeah. Here's the reality. If you struggle with forgiveness, it may be because you don't understand the forgiveness of Jesus. It may be that you don't understand how much God loves you and how gracious and merciful he is to you. So I would challenge you to start there, reflecting on his goodness and grace towards you. And just pray. Ask God to help you to have a heart like his and and ask God to help you uh, to give grace in the way that has been given to you. Again, we're not saying this is easy, but man, this is critical for your walk with Jesus. And so we're praying alongside of you that God would help you uh, to walk in the forgiveness of Jesus and to extend forgiveness. And we hope that today, like always, has been a help to you and an encouragement to you. And if it has, do us a favor right now and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Share this with your friends. Let them know uh, what we're doing here on the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. We hope it's a blessing to all who listen. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.